The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the host and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. is January Jones. She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? I hope you're having a wonderful day. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to get better today. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. As you can see, I'm working on my new brand, uh, the Rhinestone Granny, but now it's kind of becoming the Glitter Granny. This week, it's a purple hat, and as you can see, I have a lot of hats. So each week, we're going to do a different color. Hats are memorable, or so I'm told, and you know, a long time ago in vaudeville, They even had a great song that was entitled, Where'd You Get That Hat? (laughs) It's an inspiration for me. But the reality is I love wearing hats because then I don't have to do my hair. (laughs) Now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Have you ever wished you could talk to your pet? Well, if you're like me, I talk to her all the time. I'm not sure she's listening to me sometimes, that's for sure. Would you like to learn more about what it's like to communicate with animals? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to hear from your pet who has died? The pets that we miss. I know I have my pet's picture on the wall and think about her all the time. Do you wish you could meet someone who could help you reach out to the animal world? Are you ready to make some big changes in your life? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones sharing success stories today. Now it's time to rest, relax, go get some cheese and crackers, and join me in the no wine zone. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. She is an internationally acclaimed animal communicator, 
an author who has been helping animals and their owners all over the planet to coexist in harmony and to communicate. The best way to solve any issues with your pet is to simply have a conversation. And my guest has the unique ability to do so. Her first book, Afterlife of Animals, has been on the top 100 on Amazon since its release in 2020. It is my pleasure to welcome to the show today, Candy Kane Cooper. Hello, Candy. How are you today? I'm great, Candy Mary. It's great to be here with you today in the no whining zone. <laughs> I needed one of my, I needed one of the glitter granny hats today. That would have been perfect. <laughs> well, I'm I'm hoping this hat thing catches on because it certainly is great uh, for any age, especially if you don't want to mess with your hair. Exactly. Um, I've been looking forward to this show. You know, uh, in this past year, we lost our beloved uh, dog Zoe, and. Mm-hmm. We had her with us for 12 years, which was too, too short a time. And after we lost her, we just looked at each other and said, oh, we never could go through this kind of pain again. Well, within a month, (laughs) we have our new puppy with us. And our new puppy is quite a communicator, and she talks to us all the time. She makes all sorts of noises. And uh, she definitely seems to be able to communicate. Do you find this true with most animals? Yes, I do. Um, but they all have, a, you know, their own separate, unique personality. Some of them are very outgoing, and some of them are a little more introverted. Uh, you know, when I start a session, and if I'm reading like a whole family of animals, um, there's usually one that busts through right away and says, "Me first. and uh, Ten times out of ten, the owner says, oh, well, that figures. <laughs> they know that particular animal's personality. They're the most boisterous, you know, outgoing, you know. So, yes, yeah. Well, I'm curious to know uh, where your success story began, uh, where you were raised, and who your early mentors were, and especially how you discovered this unique ability to communicate with animals. Well, it all started, I was born this way, and it didn't seem like I was, you know, different because it was just natural for me to always hear the animals. Uh, I grew up in West Hollywood, California, and I was always bringing animals home. My mom never cared, which was, you know, unique for living in Hollywood. I ditch school and hitchhike up to the Hollywood Hills and wash horses just to go riding back in those days. You know, that kind of stuff was normal. And I even had a secret horse that my parents didn't know about. <laughs> and they never knew. Uh, but um, the way it all began was as I got a little bit older, then I started to realize that I was very different uh, from other teens my age and then I just started to kind of go inward and not really talk about it because it was so different Uh okay yeah so then as I got older uh it just it just wouldn't leave me alone I mean hearing the animals this that and I started um 
to investigate it with one of my horse trainers. She knew about it. And she said, you really have to, you really have to do something with this. And she took me to this group uh, session with uh, uh, Amelia Kincaid. I think that was her name, uh, animal communicator. And we sat in a group. And she said, I'm going to bring a dog in with its owner, and I want all of you to write down what you think the dog is saying. And as soon as the dog walked in, he, I heard him say, hi, everybody, my name's Bosco. And so I wrote that down and, and asked a few questions, personal questions about the dog that only the owner knew the answers to. And we went around the room, and I was the only one that got everything right. And she said to me, and you're here, why? You have the gift. And I was like, I mean, not just any egotistical, but it's like, yeah, I know, but okay, yeah, I heard him, yes. And I thought, okay. This and now how old were you when this event happened? I was not that young. Uh, I was uh, in my late 30s. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. so it was uh, something that you discovered later in life, but you probably always have felt comfortable around animals. Yes. I mean, I always knew it, but you don't go around telling people you hear the animals talk. Yeah. So then uh, I was learning hypnotherapy, and I was, you know, saying to my uh, mentor, uh, Aaron Nash, uh, this wonderful psychotherapist, am I schizophrenic? I'm hearing these voices. I'm not sure. And he had me do these uh, uh, different types of tests and things. And he said, you want to talk to the animals? Just do it. Just do it. And he gave me the confidence, plus my therapist, <laughs> my other therapist. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good plan when doing something. Because I jumped ship. I abandoned my whole life, my whole other career. I had very successful businesses throughout my whole life. Uh -huh. And I said, I'm going to talk to the animals now. Right. It was a little scary. Well, so, you know, this is something that's been a part of history. And uh, I remember uh, many years ago, the delightful movie, Dr. Doolittle. Yes. And of course, he was busy talking to animals. So there must be a reference to this, a history of this happening to other people besides you. Is that a possibility? Yes, I would say yes. I mean, people ask me about it, and I say it is exactly like the movie. When I walk in a room, I hear their voice. A lot of communicators go off intuition or body language. I don't ever even look at the animal when I'm communicating with them, mostly because the animals I work with are all over the world. So I just do it remotely over the phone uh, through telepathy. Wow. I, um, I have met maybe... I'm going to say two other people in my span here, 65 years old, uh, that I believe uh, do what I do or can receive the animals on that frequency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very rare. Um, that's why I, I wanted to have you on the show, curiously, because I do feel uh, that you can communicate uh -huh. with spirits and I recently had a session with a uh, psychic who communicated to some of my relatives who have passed. Wow. Amazing because she knew things that I don't know how she knew. <laughs> People say, well, how do you know it's real? And I said, well, I know it's real because I have thousands of clients for 
over 20 some odd years now, sometimes people will call me seven, 10 years later, they remember our session and they need help again. So mm-hmm. that, you know, really is validation. When you, when you hit it, you hit it, you know. <laughs> you can't be a fake and, and have an actual career. People love like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, right now we're going to take a break. And okay. this is for people who are, if you are a whiner, or if you know someone who is a whiner, this commercial is just for you. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shalt Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back to the No Wine Zone with my guest today, Candy Kane Cooper who is not a whiner. She has assured me of that. (laughs) Because guess what? She's a real winner. And Candy, before we go on with the podcast, could you share with my listeners some information, your contact information, your website, and uh, give your little, your book a plug too. Oh, thank you. Yes, the the best way to reach me is just directly through my website, which is my name, C-A-N-D-I-C-A-N-E-Cooper.com. And you just click on contact me and I will get the information. Um, and you can ask me anything you want. You can book a session, what, whatever's on your mind. Just go ahead and email me and I will message you back within 24 hours. If your matter's urgent, just put that in your message because my phone, it's even on right now, it's on 24-7 for emergency calls. Oh, I wow. never, ever, ever turn it off. Okay, so now that's oh, my book. Here's my new book. <laughs> the Afterlife of Animals. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Is it in Audible yet? Uh, no. I'm gonna. My next book. I'm gonna start writing this winter, and uh-huh. it will be. But it's on Kindle. Oh, but, okay. yeah. I, wonderful. And we'll be putting that information on the bottom of the screen throughout the show. So if you're listening, write it down, and this may be something you might want to pursue. Now, when you talk to an animal, <laughs> what do they sound like? Do they sound like small children, or do they sound like wise old souls? What? Yes, yes. Uh, and sometimes they have accents. It's very, it's fascinating, and uh, the owners uh, always want to know what the animal sounds like, so right away I tell them, you know, some of them sound like sexy, southern, you know, some of them young teens, uh, and it also gives me a good insight into their personality, which, 
you know, you're a people person, you know, hearing the voice also is an expression of what the soul is about. So mm-hmm. it's a very young dog, but sounds very old. So it's like, oh, it's a very wise caretaker type personality, or it could be a very, uh, an older animal that's young and spunky. So all across the board, very different. And uh, language is never a barrier. When it's translated into my mind, it's in English. Okay, yeah, that was the next thing I was going to ask you, because, you know, if you were calling in, I know your your practice is throughout the world, yes. and you speak to people everywhere, uh, and so I wondered about that, if right. someone called in from Spain, if it would be a Spanish-speaking dog. Yes. yes, just a few times I had a, I had a Spanish-speaking horse, and I had a, a French-speaking uh, dog. Uh-huh. And I understand a little bit of both of those languages, but as soon as I told them, you know, uh, this is very important, then I was hearing them in English. So it was worked out. Okay. And, yeah. I, and I, I think the message there is that uh, when a communication from the other side comes through, yeah. the important thing is that it comes through and it knows how to come through. And it comes through in different ways to different people and that is of course the gift that you have uh, now are you do you sometimes spend time with animals who are passing over and leaving because when our dog was leaving she would come up to me and look me in the eyes and she was saying what is happening I am frightened Mm-hmm. She wanted to just, you know, go into my soul to be comforted. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a wonderful, wonderful gift for you to be able to do that. I, I think I comforted my dog, but I know. Yeah, yeah. It's a very big part of my practice. And since my book's been published even more so now, which I love because, as I say in my book, I think it's the most intimate moment you can spend with your animal is when they transition. You spent their whole life with them, and why not right up to the the very moment? So I do. I work with a, a vet here in Los Angeles, and I make house calls with him as he, you know, does the procedure for home euthanization. But I also do it remotely uh, with so many of my clients. They can be, you know, in the hospital with their animal or at home, wherever they are, uh, and I help them transition in the moment. Mm-hmm. I actually cross over with them and and let them settle gently, and then I come back. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, usually I ask my guests how the pandemic has affected their lives and their careers, but obviously from your way of doing things, you were probably ahead of the curve on the pandemic as far as communication. I was, it was crazy. I was so booked uh, the last few years because everybody being home, the only positive side, I I mean, the pandemic was horrible, of course, but I think it brought a lot of uh, human caretakers closer with their animals and appreciating them because they were home with them, not going to work every day. Yeah. So, it was great in that respect, For and sure. uh, I think they learned a lot, you know, being with them all day long, and then when everybody went back to work uh, this year, then I had to deal with a lot of separation anxiety issues, because 
They got so used to being with their humans, they they didn't want to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. It was really sweet. Yeah. Oh, I know. And that's the wonderful thing about a pet. You know, they just love being with you. And of course, you know, to experience their unconditional love is such a gift, especially for people as we age. It's incredible to have that uh, little happy puppy waiting for you every time you walk through the door. Um, Now, what do you do with owners? How do you help them? get through it and how what do you do with them after their pet has left well i i a lot of them get uh, a huge amount of relief uh if we when we communicate after the animals crossed over sometimes they're carrying guilt for many reasons uh-huh. you know maybe they weren't there when the animal crossed maybe they feel like they didn't do enough to you know keep them alive, basically, uh, all different issues, you know, didn't spend enough time with you, so they get to talk out all their issues, and the animals never lie, so sometimes it can be a bitter pill for them to swallow, Uh, it's not like the cure-all, but at least it answers the questions that, you know, are weighing heavy in their heart. But most of the time, it's it's uh, very cathartic for the owners to just know that the animal loves them. They always ask me, did they have a good life? What did they think? You know, what was their favorite time with me? What was their favorite thing they did here? You know, that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. that gives, and that gives them uh, confirmation. Oh, oh, yes, right, confirmation and a lot of com- comfort knowing that their animal's happy on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is comforting. Yeah. You know, um, right now we're going to take a break and hear about some books that I've written. Beautiful. And, uh, my books are uh, Who Do You Think Killed Kennedy? Who Do You Think Had the Money, the Motive, and the Means? Hmm. Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering... Who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle, connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones. Welcome back with my guest, Candy King Cooper. Now, um, 
I want to stress too for our listeners that you also deal with dogs that are dealing with issues that aren't related to passing over and that a lot of the animals have health issues. Uh, could you share some stories about animals that you have helped to heal? Oh, yes. It's so rewarding. Uh, I, I work with all animals in this area, and obviously I'm not a vet, but I can get an insight into any type of physical pain, uh, also emotional, mental, you know, anything that's going on with the animal. So a lot of times the caretaker might be stumped or the vet can't exactly figure out uh, what's going on. And mm -hmm. I was at a session yesterday morning uh, with a, a very well-known uh, animal trainer and uh, vet cannot figure out what's going on. And right away, he, you know, I feel the pain in my body where they feel it. Oh, okay. It's very easy for me to explain where it is. Uh, of course, again, technical, I'm not a vet, but uh, she is a uh, body worker. So she's very familiar with all the parts of the bodies, the body, the meridians, all that. And she said, that's exactly what I thought. But the vet kept saying, there's no sign of any damage there. Uh -huh. So she was going to go have the x-rays. Uh, done in that particular area, which they missed, and lo and behold, that is the area of damage. So things like that, uh, mm -hmm. how would I know? I only know because the animal expresses the pain to me, and then I feel it. Like it's not magic, you know, it's, it's yeah. give and take, it's conversation. And again, some animals are more in tune with their bodies like we are. So the more in tune the animal is... <clears throat> better they make me look. <laughs> now, uh, I, just for our listeners, you don't just uh, treat dogs. You treat all different kinds of animals, and this ability you have is pretty much like uh, Dr. Doolittle. You can uh, talk to all the animals. Yeah. Tell us uh, about the largest animal that you've communicated with and then the smallest one. The largest animal that I work with would be a giraffe. Oh. A giraffe that was having some issues with eating. Uh -huh. And it turned out that she, uh, she's local here, and she had ulcers. Oh. So they fixed her tummy issues and mm -hmm. no more problem eating. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. Smallest animal I've worked with, let me think, would be... Um, Wait, not rats. Uh, would it be rats? Uh, well, I work with little, um, uh, not a cricket, but they're uh, um, grasshopper. Oh, oh. grasshopper. Mm -hmm. Oh, like Jiminy. <laughs> yeah, like Jiminy Cricket, yeah. I think he would be the smallest animal that I worked with, yes. Gosh, well, yeah. and... Uh, to share with us some of the most uh, memorable animals that you've had the honor and pleasure of helping. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, there's one animal in particular that I've worked with for years. Uh, well, the human caretaker. I work with all her animals. Uh -huh. And basically, I work with her almost every day. And I have another client that has an amazing sphinx cat named Princess Ruru Lake. 
And she wears all these fantastic outfits. <laughs> and her human caretaker every week or so sends me pictures of all her outfits for the week. Sometimes uh-huh. they go away to their cabin. And um, I actually asked her if I could have permission to talk about her today because I thought you might ask me this question. Okay. Uh, well, if you're watching, Nevi, we're talking about your girl. And um, what I do is I have a little conversation with uh, Princess Ruru about which outfits she wants to wear for the week. And we pick out sweaters, pants, hats. Mm-hmm. And she also wears these exotic nail, different colored nail caps. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like nail polish. It's so beautiful. And that is really so much fun. <laughs> much fun and uh, you know then on the other side it, uh, I work with this other uh, client of mine every almost every single day and it's just been an amazing journey with her for the last seven years uh, she's a, a professional uh, uh, rider uh, moving up to Olympic status and, uh-huh. uh, so there's lots of trials and tribulations every day and, you know, with training and her horse's health and this and that. And that's been a great journey with um, Sue. If you're watching, you know that's you with Sue and all her beautiful equines. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, 